morning. Welcome to God's church today. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. Yeah. 
morning. It is good to see you this morning, and I just want you to know that if you are here this morning, it is not by accident. If you're joining online, it's because God has a purpose, and I'm excited to see you, and um, I'm sure you're excited to see one another as we join together for worship and as we just finished singing about what a good, good father we have. It's always a reminder that God loves us dearly, and he has good things for us, and we can put our hope and our trust in Him. And with that, I welcome you to Cross Timber. It's already the middle of January 2022. The month is halfway over. It's hard to believe. But we are here to worship together. And I welcome you in the name of the Lord and on behalf of Cross Timber Baptist Church. If you are here this morning and you're visiting, we're glad to see you. If you're regular folks and I look around and see most folks that I've seen before, it is good to see you again. And I want to just mention that we have an opportunity in the, the, it's in your bulletin to communicate with us. There's a little card here. So if there's a prayer request that we can join in praying with you for, just list it on this card and put it in the offering plate in a moment. If you have a question, if you'd like to have more information about something or let us know something, just fill this little card out and we'll pass our offering plates around in just a few moments when we collect the offering. I don't have a lot of announcements. In fact, I have three things to announce, and then we'll um, be reading this morning from Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse number 25. So if you want to find your place there, or if you have your, your phone, you can pull up that Matthew 6, starting in verse number 25. Just um, First of all, just to remind you that next Sunday morning, the 23rd, we'll have our first quarterly meeting of 2022. Um, we plan right now to have a fellowship meal before that. So just as it says in the bulletin, just bring a dish or two. Bring something for you and something that you could share. And that we'll have a time of fellowship following our morning worship service. And then after we enjoy a meal together, um, we'll have our quarterly meeting. That is next Sunday, January the 23rd. Also, just to highlight, just to invite you to be a part of our Wednesday activities. We meet at 11 o'clock for, for Bible study, for singing, and for prayer. And that's followed by lunch. And that lunch is still um, available now at no cost. So we just invite you to come along. Um, enjoy the Bible study and stay for the lunch and fellowship. It starts at 11 o'clock. And then on Wednesday evenings, um, if you have teenagers or students, um, they begin meeting at 6 o'clock. And then we have prayer meeting that begins at 6.30. Two opportunities there to connect during the week. And then just one final um, Word of note, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day, and so um, in observance of that, the church office will, um, will not be open. There is an emergency. Um, you can, of course, contact me, and we'll do the best we can to make sure things are taken care of. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6. Um, it's Jesus speaking and, and teaching. It's words of encouragement about those of us that tend to be victims of worry or anxiousness. 
So let's listen together as we read um, from Scripture the words of Jesus. Jesus says there in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Will you join me this morning as we pray together? As we read from the words of Jesus, his instruction to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We pause now at the the start of our, our service, Lord, to say we want to seek after you and your kingdom. We've gathered here in this place in your name, to worship together. We've come to meet with you. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are willing to meet with us. And so, Lord, we thank you that your presence is here with us and help us to not miss you in what we do. Lord, help us to hear your voice, to learn your truth, and to walk in it. Lord, help us to be joyful and filled with anticipation about the the fact that the Spirit of the living God is here among us. And we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask for your help this morning just to put away the, the worries of the day, the worries of the world, and to come before your presence and to worship you. Help us to see you high and lifted up. Lord, help us to see that you have made a way through Jesus for us to communicate with you through this wonderful gift of prayer. And as we join our hearts in prayer, we not only ask for you to help us this morning to hear your voice and to worship you, but we also pray for things that are going on outside these walls. We thank you for the safe rescue of the, the rabbi and the members of the Jewish congregation there in Colleyville. We thank you for the medical professionals, the doctors and the nurses, the technicians and the staff that work tirelessly to provide health care and to help those that are sick. And Lord, we pray for strength for them. We pray for encouragement for their weary bodies and their weary minds. Lord, that they wouldn't lose hope and they wouldn't um, give up in doing good. We thank you for law enforcement officers. We thank you for emergency workers, for firemen, for EMTs, and for our military personnel that put their life on the line on a daily basis for our protection and for our safety. 
pray for men and women that are that are in the workforce, women that men and women that are even working today that would would rather be in a place of worship, but because of their jobs have to work. Lord, that you would nourish them with the truth of your word. You would give strength to the ones that work, and I thank you for for jobs that you've provided for income. And Lord, I pray that you would you would bless those owners that that honor you and that follow after you. Or we pray for those people in our community that are that are separated from you that may not know you or that have experienced some some hurt or trauma that this very morning they may be doubting whether you're real they're angry toward you they may have been a part of a church and and walked with you and fellowship for a time but for now they're wounded and hurt and lord i pray for you to bind up the wounds of those who are crushed and those who are brokenhearted lord for the many people that are sick with many different things from from covid to to stomach bugs, to other kinds of, of sicknesses and illnesses, cancer, diabetes, heart problems. Lord, we thank you that you are the healer and the sustainer. And we call out to you, Lord, to do what you can do. Lord, to strengthen bodies, to provide healing, to do great and mighty things amidst your people. And Lord, I pray today we wouldn't miss you and you would show us who you are. That as we come in to the presence of the true and living God, that you would blow us away with the, the wonder of your presence, the depth of your love, of your goodness and your mercy. And God, out of that excitement and gratitude, we thank you for the privilege of giving offerings to you, of giving our tithe to you, returning a gift to you so that you, Lord, would be honored and that your work could continue here in this place and around the world. So, Lord, help us to give with cheerful hearts and help us to give with generous hands. Lord, we thank you for this morning that we gather together in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Would y'all stand and sing with us this
Thank you. You may be seated. If you have your Bible or your phone there, Andy is just joining me and turning over to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Be Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, fourth book we have in the Bible. And we'll be reading there in just a moment, starting in um, verse number 25. You know, growing up, one of the, the games that we played very often was hide and, and seek. Now, if you've, if you've never played it, um, the rules are fairly, fairly simple. There's one person that's designated to close their eyes and to count to a certain number. Um, generally, you know, 50, 10, 100, depending on what's decided upon. Everyone else runs, scrambles, and hides. After the person reaches the, the number, they say something like, ready or not, here I come. And then the game is on and the people are, are hiding and the one who is searching is looking to find them. And the first person that is found, well, they're it. They get to be the next seeker. And the last one, the person that's the best and the quietest, they're the one that is determined to be the winner. And you can play hide-and-seek just about anywhere in any condition. But I want you to understand something, that sometimes, you know, you might feel that God seems distant, far away, unreachable. But... We need to know that God doesn't play hide and seek. And in fact, we, we find out that He wants to be found when we look at the Bible. And he, he promises us that if we seek after Him, we'll find Him. And so this morning, as we look at this idea of seeking after God, I want you to understand that it's essential to following after Jesus. Because we need His guidance and direction. We need His presence in our lives and we need his power in in short we we need him and we need more of him every single day and so what we talk about this morning will be built around a, a central theme and that's simply this that when we seek the lord we will find him and receive the reward of his presence so when we seek the lord we'll find him and we receive the reward of his presence so I want to begin reading this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting in verse 25. These are the parting words of Moses, the leader of Israel. In verse 25, he begins by saying, When your father, children and children's children, and have, when you father children and children's children and have grown old in the land, if you act corruptly by making a carved image, in the form of anything, and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. You will not live long in it, but you will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the nations, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods of wood and stone, the work of human hands, that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. 
from there, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you're in tribulation and in all, and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Will you pray with me briefly? Lord, we ask you this morning in these times that we have, you would help us to understand the truth of your word, the importance of seeking after you, the assurance that when we seek you, we'll find you, and the wonderful promise of a reward when we seek you, and that's your presence. So teach us, help us to hear and to apply this to our lives. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So on the back of your bulletin, there's four um, points with blanks that you can fill in as we move along. And the very first one is simply this. God is pursuing you. God is pursuing you. If you look in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, Adam and Eve enjoyed perfect fellowship with God, and then deception and sin into the world. The fellowship was broken. They were ashamed and they hid. And we find God looking for Adam and Eve. They're hiding, but God goes looking for them. He didn't give up on them. And in fact, in Genesis 3, verse 9, we read, But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Now, it's interesting because God knew where they were because God knows everything. God knew what they had done. And even though Adam and Eve feel very unlovable and ashamed, God still loved them. And he went looking for them. It makes me think about many people that we see in our world today. People all around us that that feel hopeless about their circumstances that are hurting because of abuse or wounds, that feel helpless. They just seem to think nothing will ever change. Or they're harassed by other people in their lives or by society. And those people feel guilt and shame for things they've done. They feel anger and blame other people. Or sometimes they just want to run and hide. They maybe run and hide in the abuse of alcohol or or drugs, or they get involved in all different kinds of lifestyles, or they just pull away from society and don't want to be around anyone. But here's the truth. God still pursues people. He chases after them because He loves them. And He calls out to them, Where are you? was thinking this morning as I was reading some scripture about the prophet Elijah. He was discouraged. He had followed after God, but he felt like, you know, there was nothing that was going to change. And he goes out and he's having a pity party for himself. And God finds him where he's at. And what does he say to him? What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah's thinking, I'm the only one left. Nobody follows God. Nobody listens. And so even Christians, Even people that are following after God can fall into discouragement and can get the false idea that they're the only person that's ever experienced something. And God comes looking for those people. 
when we get to the New Testament, we see that the purpose of Jesus, one of his mission was to seek and save what was lost. In fact, his own words in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And that pursuit, God searching after men and women, is motivated out of his love. All from, from the very beginning, he has had a desire to fellowship with his creation. Men and women being the, the highest of that creation. And his love is like an unstoppable force. That he can love people that don't want to be loved. He can love people that don't return his love. And his love never stops. Because of that great love, God sent Jesus into the world. We see it in John 3.16 that it's because God so loved the world. And in Galatians 4, 4, we realize that it was at just the right time. In Romans 5, 8, tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That because of love, Jesus came at the right time to people like you and I that are wicked sinners to die for us, to rescue us. I love reading heroic stories of search and rescue missions. The stories about brave heroes who stop at nothing to find and save people that are in danger. And when you see those expeditions, they commit money, time, and resources. And their goal is to find the person that is lost and to save them. I was impressed that in the situation yesterday in Colleyville that the FBI's hostage rescue team was sent in to be a part of the operation. And I did not know that they are right below the Navy SEALs and the Delta Force as far as um, priority. You know, those, those are the top three. When, when things get serious, it's the, the SEALs, it's the Delta Force, or it's the hostage rescue team from the FBI. But I would argue that the greatest search and rescue mission of all time was launched when God sent Jesus to earth to free men and women trapped in sin that were separated from God to save us from our sin, to be the only way to God. And that we can say with confidence that the lost are found in Jesus. Now Jesus proclaimed that he came to seek and save the lost, but in Luke 15 he teaches three parables that give us examples of God's searching for us. He talks about a man who had a hundred sheep, and he knew where 99 of the sheep were, but he had lost one. But he wasn't satisfied with having 99. He left those and went searching for the one until he found it. And when he found it, the Bible says, he laid it on his shoulders and rejoiced. He tells another story about a woman who had ten coins, and she lost one coin. And what does she do? She lights a lamp. She sweeps the floor until she finds it. And when she found it, she called all her friends and her neighbors. And she said, hey, rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I lost. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had a dollar and I lost a dime, I might look for it. 
I probably wouldn't light a light and I wouldn't sweep. And if I found it, I probably wouldn't call you and say, hey, everybody, I found my dime. But this woman was rejoicing over what she had found that was lost. Everything is important to God. And then at the end of the chapter, the story of the loving father who runs out to meet his prodigal son, that younger son that took his inheritance, left the house, spent it all in reckless living, found himself alone. Well, not alone. He's actually with the pigs in the pig pen, thinking it would be better to be eating pig food than to be where I'm at. And he said, I'd be better off at home. And he goes home to his father. And Jesus tells the story and says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And there was a great celebration because the brother who they thought was dead was now alive. And he says he was lost and now he is found. So I say that to say God is searching after you today. He's searching for other people as well. He sees everything. He knows everyone. And He knows where you are. So God is seeking after you, but also God invites you to seek Him. Now, y'all are much smarter than me, but you would probably already figure out that if God is looking for us, and if God invites us to look for Him, that at some point there's going to be an intersection. We're going to run into God. And that's exactly what happens. But did you know that God created you and created all human beings to seek after Him? Do you remember the story in Acts chapter 17? Paul is there in Athens. He's speaking to a bunch of the Greek smart guys, the intellectuals. And he looks over and he says, oh, well, there's an altar to an unknown God. And he takes the opportunity to introduce those smart guys to the unknown God to make him known, to let them know that that God is the God of heaven and earth who put human beings on the earth for a reason. And in verse 27 of chapter 17, he gives us that reason that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. If you don't like math and you don't like geometry, then you may not know a lot about a man named Blaise Pascal. He was a mathematician from France. He made some interesting finds in geometry and also in probability. But he was also um, a believer, a theologian. And this is what he had to say. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. See, God created human beings to to search after Him. He put a, a longing in our hearts for Him. And we try to fit anything else we can into that God shaped hole, and we find out that none of those things satisfy us. That the only thing that can fill that hole and make our lives full is Jesus. But not only did God create us to seek Him, God is also worth seeking. So even if we weren't created to seek God, God, because of who He is, is worth seeking. 
Listen to David in Psalm 63 to give us just a, a taste of why God is worthy to be sought after. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So God is worth seeking because he is all-powerful, he is most glorious, and he is infinitely loving. So I want to put a picture in your mind when we think about seeking after God. We seek God because He is worthy and we are needy. So God has everything that we need and we have more needs on some days than we can count. And so that's why we seek after God. And in Jesus, God willingly supplies all of our needs. He has everything that you need, that we need. Salvation. Wisdom to make it through the day. Comfort in times of of sorrow. Strength when we're weak. Protection and safety when we feel alone or scared. He's the treasure that we seek. And when we seek Him first, when we seek God first, we find that He meets all our needs. And so God invites men and women to seek Him. Two verses, one in Amos, we see this phrase, seek me. Amos chapter 5, verse 4. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live. And then in the prophet Isaiah 55, verse 6, seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. So God gives an invitation, seek me. But that invitation is backed up by a promise. See, God's not far away. He's near and He doesn't hide. In fact, He wants to be found. And so the third thing you'll see in your outline is that if you seek God, you will find Him. Now we've looked at this, that God is pursuing us. He invites us to seek after Him. But here's something else we need to know. God promises He can be found. Two verses, one we read earlier and one we'll look at in just a second, say basically the same thing. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, those final instructions from Moses to Israel, he, he warns his people, be careful against false worship. Don't forget God's rescue from Egypt. And don't forget to seek after God because you'll find Him. Let me read it again. It's verse 29 of chapter 4. But from there you will seek the Lord, your God, and you will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. In Jeremiah chapter 29, the prophet Jeremiah, writing a letter to those exiles, instructing them to not listen to those false prophets that were telling them, that the time of exile will be short. Oh, you won't be there very long. It won't be long. You're going to be back in your land. No, Jeremiah writes to tell them that they need to build houses. They need to plant crops. They need to carry on with their lives because they would be there for a long time. 
And while you're there, don't forget to pray for the peace and prosperity of the foreign cities where you live. I think there's another sermon just in those instructions alone that while we're here on earth and we know this earth is not our home, we still have a life to live. We need a place to live, a job to pay the bills, and that while we carry on our life, we're supposed to pray for the place where we live. All the while looking forward to the home that is waiting for us. But that's another note. But in verse 13, in this letter, he has a message from the Lord. And it simply says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There is the pattern again. You'll seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. So I want to use two words from Hebrew to help us understand what seeking after God looks like. Both of them are translated seek in most Bible translations, and these two words are just derosh and bakash. Now, don't get caught up in that. That's not the most important thing, but they do reveal to us two things, and the first thing is this. God invites you to make a thorough investigation. God invites us to look out for Him with great care or interest. Have you ever investigated something? You want to get to the bottom of it? That's what the word, that's the heart of what the word derosh means. Oftentimes it's translated to inquire of the Lord. That process of looking at God's word, seeking his truth, speaking to him and listening to his voice in prayer. So what would that maybe look like if we want to do that? It's taking time in your life to ask God and seek his direction before you do something. So in the planning stages, the first step in the plan would be to to seek after God if you needed direction and to continue to seek after Him until you hear from Him. It's to keep on asking and seeking and knocking. In fact, Psalm 105 verse 4 says, Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. That in our, our life we have a continuing process of seeking after God to know what he is saying to us and once you know what God's plan is his heart concerning something then what we're supposed to do is align our life with that to follow that direction listen to his voice by the Holy Spirit and then walk in faith many of you have probably been a part of a study through Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God. And Dr. Blackaby says, You come to know God by experience. As you obey Him, and He accomplishes His work through you. So God gives the invitation. He speaks. And when we accept that invitation, we get His presence and we experience what He has for us. And so it's a thorough investigation. But second. God also invites you to enjoy a face-to-face relationship. Face-to-face relationship. That's the main idea behind the other word, bakash. In fact, the word means to, to seek out or search out something in order to obtain it. So it's more than just knowing facts. It's about possessing. Now, I'm sure if you've ever taken a test... Probably some of you probably didn't do this, but some of you probably memorized something long enough to walk into a test and take the test, and then probably 10 minutes after you finished, you forgot it. 
That's just acquiring knowledge for an end. But taking something and applying it to, to daily life is a different matter. And so it's more than just knowing facts. This is about possessing something. Maybe I can explain it this way. There's a, there's a difference between knowing that God exists and knowing God personally. So you can believe that God exists, but you may not have a personal relationship. We can know who God is, but until we make God our God through faith in Jesus, then we don't know Him personally. And so this idea of a face-to-face relationship is, is seeking to know God personally, to enjoy fellowship with Him, to commune with Him. Some of you may not know, some of you may know, but um, about a year and a half ago, um, I inherited our, um, our family farm, and on that we have some cattle. And I'm not a cowboy. I do wear boots um, because I, I bought some for a wedding, and I just think they, they're comfortable. But I'm not a cowboy. I don't have a cowboy hat. But I am learning about cattle. And so I found a man on YouTube, and I started watching some YouTube videos, a gentleman's name, Kurt Tate. And he is just, it's phenomenal to me. If you're not interested in cows, it probably wouldn't. But um, he is um, a stockman, and he... Um, he communicates and teaches all around the country about handling cattle. And so he is sharing this illustration about how to approach a, you know, a cow. And I was thinking, okay, this really, you know, applies to life. And he talked about, you know, that imagine you're in a social situation and you find somebody that you know, absolutely. You know, you're very likely to make just a, a straight line for that person. Hey, Curtis, how are you doing? It's good to see you. But what if you're in a setting and you think you know someone, but you're not quite sure it's them? What would you do? You'd kind of maybe move around the room and try to maybe get a a different look and make sure because, you know, you want to make sure absolutely that that really is Curtis before you walk up to Curtis and say, hey, Curtis, how's it do? How are you doing? And he related that to cattle when you're you're trying to, to get cattle to move in the direction, you know, the worst thing you could do is to move straight toward them because you know, they see that as fear, but you want to kind of take that angle to look around and make sure who it is. And I was thinking as I was listening to that, you know, I think some people are still in that stage with their relationship with God. They're still kind of, you know, walking around the perimeter trying to figure out, is this really worth my time? Is God really who he says he is? Does he really do the things the Bible claims? And what God wants us to do is to to press into him, to make an approach to him to make eye contact. And as we begin to see who God is like and what He is like, then we enjoy personal fellowship with Him. Go back to Moses for a second. Earlier he was giving instructions to Israel before he left. But the Bible talks about, you know, Moses speaking to God like he would with a friend. Is that not a close relationship? That he would speak to God like a friend. The Bible tells us he learned the ways of God and he heard God's voice and he followed with obedience. And in Deuteronomy 34, verse 10, listen to what it says. There has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, who the Lord knew face to face. 
that he took time to investigate who God was. He believed the claims to be true. And so his relationship was head-on, face-to-face. He wasn't walking around on the outside. Is this really true? He pressed in. And my question is, do we, do we want to know God like that? Are we hungry? Are we thirsty for him? That face-to-face relationship, let me give you encouragement. It's not reserved for the people in the Bible. Abraham certainly had that relationship. Moses did. But men and women throughout history and men and women today even still enjoy that relationship. And so here's encouragement. This morning, you can know God face to face through Jesus, the one who is the image of the invisible God. And with the help of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can enjoy the depth of a personal relationship with Jesus. Moses found out what that was like. He gained a great reward, and we can gain the same great reward as well. And that brings us to the last point. That reward for seeking God is His presence. Now, I know it's probably been a few minutes since we talked about Luke 15, but try to remember back. There's a man who found a lost sheep, a woman who found a lost coin, and a loving father who gets his wayward son back. All of those stories have one thing in common, seeking and finding. All rejoicing because they found what they were looking for. And our searching and our seeking lead us to the feet of Jesus. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. How do we draw near? We draw near to God through Jesus. And when we come near to God through Jesus, we find life. Eternal life. Abundant life. We find His righteousness. We're clothed in it. We find peace and rest. We find value. We find purpose. We find meaning in our life. We find healing for broken hearts. We find hope for hopeless. And we become aware of all His glorious riches that are ours by faith in Jesus. Which brings us back to what I said at the beginning, that when we seek the Lord, we will find Him and receive the reward of His presence. Now, we're going to be done in just maybe two minutes or less, but I want to challenge you with a verse. It's Psalm chapter 27, verse 8. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. And I love this verse because this verse is almost, it's like a call and response. There's an invitation from God and there's a response from David. You have said, oh God, seek my face. And David says, my heart says to you, your face do I seek. And so I want to give you three things to do with this verse. And the first thing is to memorize it, to hide that in your heart. It's not very long. I think it's easy to memorize, but memorize it. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face do I seek. Memorize it. That's the first step. Second, meditate on it. 
with your Bible and the help of the Holy Spirit, take time this week to investigate this. God's invitation, seek my face. An obedient heart that says, your face I will seek. And the reward of God's promise, which is his presence. So investigate that. You can use your your Bible. You can use the index, the concordance at the back to look up maybe word seek. If you use the Bible on your phone, you can search by words. But look at what it means to seek God. And then the third thing, so memorize it, meditate on it. And then third, meet with God. Actually spend time seeking His face. You'll find God's not far away. That God is approachable. That God wants to be found. Do those three things. Experiment with it. What it means to fellowship with God. And see what difference it makes. In the next couple of weeks, next week, we're going to talk about the gift of prayer as relationship. How prayer is relationship between you and God. And then the week after that, on the 30th, we're going to look at prayer as warfare. So God has given us this gift of prayer, of seeking after Him. And in one way, it's for relationship. And in another, it's warfare. But in the meantime, let me close with a verse that I read earlier. Psalm 105, verse 4. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful that while You call us to seek after You, that we can find You. And so we ask for the heart that David had, that while You invite us to seek You, that we will say, yes, we will seek You. Lord, that we would learn what it means to seek your face continually, to enjoy the delight of your presence. Help us to see that if we seek you, we'll find you. When you seek, we seek you with all of our heart. And that means you want all that we have, all that we are. We may not see ourselves as much. We may not think that we're very important. But God, you love us. You have a plan and a purpose for us. You created us. You gave your son Jesus to die for us so we could have salvation and we could have a relationship with you. So God, help us in this. And we pray and trust you'll do it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll sing together in just a moment. But just the call this morning is to take God at his word, to seek him and his presence continually. And to find that He is faithful. That we can find Him and we gain the reward of His presence. There might be something that you're seeking the Lord about right now in your own life, family situation, health, finances, maybe just starting off the new year. And just invite you during this time as you you pray just to continue to to seek the Lord for that and to, to not... Not quit until you hear from Him. Maybe you have questions or, or concerns. Maybe just life's been a little frustrating or challenging and you, you're looking for, for answers and to questions that you're not getting answers to. And maybe you just need the reminder of the Lord's love and sweetness and His presence and just invite you to seek Him 
morning or maybe for the for the first time or maybe a new and a fresh you realize that this gift of eternal life is made possible through Jesus and maybe today's the day you put your trust in him and say Jesus I want to follow you or God I want to renew my heart I want you to renew my heart and renew my trust and faith in you maybe there's some other prayer concern maybe you need to pray at the front or quietly where you're at I'll be standing at the front if you need someone to talk with or pray but I do invite you to stand and then sing together as we listen and respond to the Lord be seated for just a second. Andy had, had asked if he could come and share just a, a word of testimony. So Andy, um, why don't you come and let me grab you a microphone and you can. Yeah. There you go. So everybody can hear you. Like Rusty said a while ago, the lady that lost a coin and found it and she called all of her neighbors around and said rejoice with me I want you to rejoice with me also Nita and I have been blessed beyond blessing three weeks ago my grandson and most of you know Jeremiah his fiance called me and asked me, how do you read the Bible and understand it? And I said, Brittany, I said, that, that's more than we can talk about over the phone. I'm going to have to see you at the house and we'll talk about it. And so a few days later, she comes to, she and Jeremiah come to the house and we start talking about the Bible and different things like this. And I finally got to the point where I said, 
Brittany, are you ready to ask Jesus into your life? And she looked at me and she said, yes, I am. And so I prayed the prayer of salvation, and she repeated it after me as I read it to, to her, and she repeated it after me. And I do believe she was very, very sincere in what she was saying back to me from that prayer. And I do believe she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior and Lord that day. Now it's upon me to continue with her and continue teaching her the way of the Lord and so forth. But I wanted to share that with my congregation and my people because it's the first time I have ever been able to bring someone to the Lord. And I mean, I didn't bring. She had to make that decision, and she did. And I am just, I am, well, I got goosebumps all over me already. <laughs> but I, I, I am just beyond myself. Thank you for bearing with me. Thank you. Amen. Well, praise God. Andy, thank you for sharing that. And that is just a great reminder that God still saves. So don't don't give up praying for those loved ones, those friends, and, and don't stop sharing the good news. Will you just join me in, in standing as we rejoice in the goodness of the Lord? We're going to sing a song together. It's been good to, to worship with you. Pray that the Lord would Blessed you during this week that you would enjoy his presence. Don't forget to, to memorize Psalm 27, verse 8, to meditate on it, and then to meet with God during the week. So let's sing together, and you'll be dismissed when we sing. You're good, good.